Welcome to ForeverFit.tv, your online source for fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle. Hey, welcome listeners to ForeverFit.tv. I'm Nicola Riley, a personal trainer, nutrition, and lifestyle coach, and this is a podcast all about bringing you the right information to help you get in the best shape of your life. And I'm so excited today because Muzzy Wuzzy is back on the show. Hey, Muzz, how you been? Thank you. I'm very good, thank you. It's, um, it's great to be back, finally. Where have you been? Where have I been? Wow. Where do we start? About five weeks ago, I decided that I'd give birth to this bonnie baby boy. And so that all uh, went to plan. And then um, oh, just, you know, coming to grips with being a mother of two and having to move house and finish university. And yeah, it's... um. It's been a busy five weeks or so, so it's um it's pretty exciting to have some normality back and be back into our um podcasting adventures. Yeah. You do like you did you do like to get things, you know, you you timed it all so perfectly to get the you know, it was like the moving into the house and the university and the baby are all happening, you know, you planned it all nine months out and <laughs> Lo and behold, it all happened within the same week, pretty much. Pretty much, yeah. It was like a simultaneous barrage of um, everything in my life colliding in a beautiful symphony. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love it. <laughs> so how how are you feeling? Like, you're, you know, you're back on track? Back on track, yeah. Um, I've done a, a few exercise sessions, um, rediscovered what my friend Dom's feels like. Um, <laughs> oh, good old Dom's. Good old Dom's, he keeps coming to visit. Um, it's very nice of him. Um, I feel my body, yeah, yeah, it's nice actually being able to, to move um, and wearing three sports bras at once is a new experience as well. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> oh, that's what, it's very cool to have you back. Very, very cool. So today we are going to talk all about the f- lovely food pyramid. And I know that you've just, this is quite a topic that's hot off the bench for you because you've been doing it with, um, like at the school that you're at at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So we did it with um, Year 12 um, Nutrition and got the girls to sort of examine it a little bit and peel it back and give their thoughts and ideas which was um they were they they were pretty good they're pretty onto it but it's it has definitely got some some points that need refining yeah like i mean that food the food pyramid that is there today was um kind of made up about 1992, I think, from record. It's quite an old, very outdated food pyramid, and um, you're still seeing that sitting in doctor's offices, and you're still seeing some some, um, health practitioners using using that form of food pyramid and it just goes without saying that it's just it's just not right yeah so like if you go back to when it even because it originally it was like created by the u.s da like drug administration but all like all to do with their nutrition practices so it was even went back to like the 1940s they had like seven different food groups and then the 1960s is when they created the four kind of food groups 
and then it's never really changed from there. And, you know, like so many people have talked about how it is just completely, completely incomplete in terms of our nutrition and meeting our nutritional needs. But it was around the 1960s that they started, you know, doing recommended recommended daily intakes for things as well. And so that was what you saw on the food pyramid. It was like have six to 11 servings of carbohydrates and... <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it, it go, I mean, it, it's also around the same size that time that you know uh, the industrial revolution turned up. So it's it's it goes that it's kind of a coincidence that you know there's all this industrial grain and and carbohydrates being produced, and then the government's telling us let's let's eat six to eleven servings of it, and then what do you know? Twenty to thirty years later, we've got an obesity epidemic. Yeah. And, and we're still eating six to 11 um, servings. What I love best about the, the food pyramid and the different variations, and there is a few um, new ones that have started to surface, but they definitely haven't hit the kind of mainstream and you, you, don't, you still don't really see them in a lot of um, offices where they should be, is the, the pictures that go with the food pyramid. Like lots of them have got, <laughs> Okay, obviously the box of cereal, like the ones that I worked with when we did the nutrition unit, they had donuts and all of these refined foods in that bottom part of the food pyramid were all in the, this is your six to 11 servings. And that was the visual portrayal of what the six to 11 servings of carbohydrate two-thirds of the pictures would have been refined processed foods so it's even that visual imagery which is probably stronger than the words because that's the other issue with the food pyramid is that the first one had too many words and then they went away and got hardly any words and so it all relied on the visual imagery and here's all these pictures of donuts and cereal boxes and as your major, you know, the foundation of the pyramid was built on refined carbohydrates. Yeah, awesome. I mean, exactly. And it's, and it's, I mean, that's, that's not the other problem. The other problem is, you know, is the fact that they're, at, they're pushing the, the packaged products yeah. and the products that are, like, it's the refined, it's got the additives, it's got the preservatives, it's got, like, and we, we know that that's the stuff that is so modern and that's the stuff that is basically filling us up with toxins and filling us and messing with our hormones and making us overweight. It's not necessarily, like, the carbohydrates are, are huge and we, do not, we don't need as much as what they're being recommended, but it's the danger is coming through all of those additives and preservatives and the the packaged foods and the types of grains that they're recommending. Yeah. And, you know, a couple of the more, I guess it's people who are looking at outside the box, or should I say outside the pyramid, have added other layers onto the pyramid and cut off. But the primary one you still see is the four food groups with the massive foundation being the carbohydrates and those terrible images and then working up into... Still the top being um, fats and oils. I think some of them say sugar and it's all got in um, low quantities. But there's no absolutely no 
definition about what is a, a good source of, you know, or better source of carbohydrate, what's a, a better source of your fats and oils. And it's yeah. just a disaster in a pyramid. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I guess what, I mean, our, our goal is to sort of, I mean, to, to let listeners know that, yeah. So if, if you are seeing a practitioner of any sort, whether it's a doctor, a dietitian, a nutritionist, or anything, and if any single one of them is recommending the food pyramid, then just walk straight out that door. And it's and making sure that you are getting um, the right types of food into your diet. So I guess we should just sort of go into what... Um, the, the way that we look at food and, the, and the, the problem with the food pyramid is, is looking at the day as a total and so for you to say you know six eleven servings of this one serving is this it's quite confusing so the way that people should look at it is is each plate yeah is like a plate size like what does my plate look in the morning and you know and each what does each meal look like and how do people um, go around constructing each meal so that they're getting the right types of nutrients into their diet. Absolutely, because straight away, as soon as you start talking about servings, most people don't understand what a serving is anyway. So if you are exactly bamboozling them with the whole day has to be six or 11 servings, it's like, well, what is, what is a serving? Is it a serving that's conveniently placed on the back of that box of that cereal that's in that picture that you are being brainwashed into eating via the food pyramid or whereas you know the food that nature intended us to eat sometimes comes perfectly serving sized um, and the plate definitely is a really easy way for people to understand what's going on yeah so for, for, for me, like a plate, I um, break it up into quarters, and a quarter is um, a fist size, so my fist size, and so uh, uh, obviously Maz's fist is a different size to me, and my partner's fist is a different size, so you, you've got your four quarters, and that's what you're sort of breaking your plate up into. So one fist size would be a portion of protein, one fist size would be a portion of carbohydrates, and then two fists would be your vegetables. So that's the way that I sort of, um, you know, that's my plate versions and that's the way that I recommend. Do you have any sort of changes to that? Mas? No. Apart, apart from your fats and your oils, you want to, it's a thumb size. Yeah. Thumb size per serving of fats and oils. Yeah. And yeah, we do exactly the same thing in this house. And um, thankfully, Ryan's probably glad that he has bigger fists than I do because... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but it, it is the easiest measure to end with a thumb and you've got it everywhere you go and you don't have to have scales and weights and measures it is the best tool to, it's, to yeah. use it's the most simplest and if, and with, with all the food and nutrition, it's about keeping it simple so that it's sustainable. Yeah, there's different deviations that you're going to go into once you get into training and you get into your sort of post-workout things, and I'm sure we'll cover that in later episodes and things, but it's when it comes down to simplicity and it comes down to just getting your food decent so you're eating consistent meals throughout your day, you cannot go wrong with that. the four quarters of a plate. It just, you know, it's just so simple. Absolutely. And there is, and then obviously underneath your plate, putting some little feet on, that's about the getting movement, what we just talked about a lot before. And so some of the more um, 
not I'm not going to say modern food pyramids, but food pyramids that are coming from people with a more holistic outlook. The actual bottom part of the pyramid is the the movement. The next layer is water, and then it's they've really started to break down into the quality of the foods, which is a lot of what we've talked about in the whole foods, not processed, packaged foods where you don't need your fist because it's got your, you've got to get your scales out because you have to measure your 50 gram half cup uh, serving of um, yeah, something yeah. that's been refined until the box becomes the best part of the whole package. Totally. <laughs> so I guess I mean the type we should I guess we could go into like the types of proteins that somebody wants to be eating so so that every serving size. So for example, breakfast. Breakfast for me is three eggs. Then it's then it's um, spinach and vegetables or it's all mixed up and it's just created into this. Doesn't look very pretty but it tastes so, delicious. Yeah. <laughs> Messy omelette. Sometimes it's a good looking omelette, sometimes it's not. It depends on the vegetables. Yeah. But so to me, that's my first size of my proteins. It's got my carbs, it's got my vegetables. And so then another, you know, more different types of proteins are your um, your meats. And um, just like there's so many different types of meats that you can eat out there. That, yeah. You know, it's just making sure that you're getting good quality grass-fed meats. Um, that's pretty, that's easy for us in New Zealand, but not so easy for people in other countries. And then you've got, um, I mean, the biggest thing is your... Um, the quality of your carbohydrates absolutely and so there's different um, levels of your carbohydrates and like there's carbohydrates that are good and there's carbohydrates that are bad and there's people are always asking me you know like, but what about oats what about um, rice what about sweet potatoes what about potatoes what about um, quinoa quinoa <laughs> Sarah will love that I've just said that um, the, there's different like there's Definitely carbohydrates that are your best source, and then there's carbohydrates that are your worst source. And all it is is a scale of the you making the best choices for you right then and there. And so, um, yeah, like for example, for example, um, you know your sweet potatoes, they are your best kind of source of carbohydrates in your fruit, so they are fantastic. But then there's a massive debate about, you know, potatoes. What about potatoes? Are they, are they, are they, should I be eating potatoes? Are they, they're too high, high starchy. They're, you know, too, um, affect your blood sugar too much. But potatoes are better than pasta. Yeah. And then, it, you know, it just goes down a continuum and it's making the choice right then and there. And, and if you want to make the best choice, then make the best choice. But if that best choice isn't available to you, then you make the next best choice. And it's always making sure that you're, rotating your carbohydrate sources and it's about making sure you're getting nutrients from different things because if you're constantly eating the same food each and every single day you can lead to you know um, nutrient deficiencies or even intolerances to that one food source that you're just consuming yeah and we talked right back at the beginning about that whole the number of different types of foods you have in your day and it's um it is really easy and i look at people around me all the time and go wow they like seriously they're probably within a day only getting about 10 or 12 um different food types and they're eating those same 10 or 12 day in and day out as you just said and when we did it and the 
you know, with 16, 17-year-old girls looking at their nutrition. Lots of them never made it to even 10 different food types, which is very scary. And because breakfast was two pieces of bread with um, jam or something on, and then lunch might have been a filled roll and dinner they might have got four different food groups but that was it and then there was a few monster energy drinks thrown in so it was you know some of them never made it to double figures in terms of the number of food groups that they had in the day and some of them might have got to 15 but there was probably one and out of a out of two classes out of 60 students that got to 25 plus so wow. that's if that's a snapshot of what's happening, then we've got to yeah. Yeah, really help people to to start making those changes and making those differences and picking the right types of food. Yeah, I mean, and it's so common for people when they do start to look at their health and look at their well-being, like they do sort of think, okay, I'm allowed to eat this, but then they eat that every single meal. and then it, But then they, they, they find that for the last month, they've just eaten the same foods each and every single day. Yeah. And it's just really important for people to know that there is so many good sources of your carbohydrates out there. And it's just rotate them, find what's in season, get into the fruit that's in season, yeah. you know, like get into the, um, the, the starchy vegetables that are in season and get into... Your vegetable, like just loading up on your vegetables. You don't, if you're getting your body full of nutrients and vitamins and proteins and good quality fats, you you find you don't actually need that much of your your carb, like your starch carbs, because you're able to get all that from all your fibrous vegetables. Yeah. and yes, yeah, especially the and things that you can grow in your garden and things that you can grow really easily as well, and you don't need a lot of room. So you know, if you can supplement it that way, regardless of where you live and have the things about eating in season again it's going to save you money as well so not only have you cut out all those middle aisles in your supermarket where all your processed foods live but if you're eating purely in season then you're not going to be paying $12.99 for um, vegetables or fruits or because the in-season vegetables are quite a bit cheaper cheaper as chips yeah so that whole, because that's a frequently a, a sort of an argument that I hear quite often that it's easy to eat rubbish food. I'm going to say rubbish food, yeah. but then it is because fruit and vegetables are so expensive. Well, fruit and vegetables are really expensive if you try to eat the stuff that's not around or not growing. Yeah. So eating the things that are growing locally within your um, region, country, environment is means that it's not going to be dearer to eat yeah well and i mean and then there's the other whole other side of that debate is that what's the cost of your health compared to your cost of your sickness it's it's that whole like what are you willing to sacrifice for your health and the well-being of your family that it might be a little bit more expensive but there might be something else that you just sort of take out where it's like you might not get the takeaways that you get every lunch and dinner time because you haven't got the food in the house. So it's you're saving yourself on other bills, yeah. but it might mean that just sourcing that really quality food because that's what's important to you. Yeah, and I always remember one of my personal training 
mentor way back in the day. She was like, if you don't pay for it now, you're going to pay for it later. So, and that was to do with with training and getting moving for people that didn't have very high intrinsic motivation. So they needed that external source, but also to do with the food, as you just said. You don't do it now, then it's, um, there is a quite a, a reasonable chance that it's going to come back around full circle and, and you will have to pay for it in some way at a later yeah. date. And I mean, the whole other part of that plate is um, is is the thumb. Yeah, <laughs> just give me a thumbs up right now. And that that is a, a, to me like one of the most crucial things that particularly females they they leave that out. And that is one of the most um, f- females are, are known to be emotional, and you know they get down in the dumps, and they get you know we <laughs> we can go through all sorts of different moods and things like that. And one of the biggest signs that someone is on a low-fat diet is that they're just a depressed, fatigued, cranky person to be around. And if you put fats in their diet, they're a completely different person. So that one thumb, it may only be one thumb, but that is crucial for you to have in every meal, the good quality fats into your diet because it affects your hormones, your emotions, your skin, your health, like cell reactions. They all are dependent on those good quality fats. So um, mainly be a thumb, but... Get it in there. Yeah. And I, yeah, I personally know if I've had a meal and it hasn't had thumbs up because I am start searching. I start searching for other things to eat. And, and so then, like, whereas if I just had quarter of an avocado or just depends what meal it was and at what stage, but the, yeah, once, I eat that, <laughs> just eat that and then I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's better. That was that missing link that yeah. wasn't going quite right, which is um, slightly problematic, and obviously, in terms of living where we live and having um, food that's sometimes provided, is that we, we know what the menu is a week in advance, but we will supplement it and take over our own things to go with the, the things that are on offer. So... If you're in a situation where you don't have full control, it's going, okay, how can I supplement certain things to make it complete and make it how I want it to be? Yeah, like I know uh, I know a lot of people, particularly it's quite common with good old personal trainers that we carry around our little salt containers <laughs> and we sprinkle our, our salt and our dressing on our food. You know, like if you're going out for lunch, you've got to pull out your little wee... Salt container, or yeah, you know, it's it's that taking control of what you're putting in your body, and who cares if you're different? Yeah, people will come up, people come up to you sooner or later, and they'll be like, "So how how do you eat? What do you eat?" And it's those little moments, you know. It's just don't be afraid to be different and to to put the food that you want in your body. Like it's completely up to you. Yeah, and yeah, I had that moment actually that other day with um with my midwife because it was our last mid wife appointment for the baby and she was like I need to come and see you and I need to which was you know so obviously I've not relied on her but had that relationship throughout the pregnancy and you're asking different questions of her and her expertise and area of expertise and then she was was when it was a wee flip around and she was like I need to come and talk to you (laughs) but was that same thing just from conversations that we've had throughout so 
it is um but yeah i love the salt every time actually we put it on i go oh man i don't know how people such a different yeah like i get blown away like i've um if I buy canned salmon, there's one brand where you can buy the canned salmon without salt in it. And, like, if I go to the wrong supermarket, I bought this one can of salmon. I was just like, oh, oh I don't want to get it, I don't want to get it. And I tried it, and I literally could not even put it in. I had, like, the smallest smidgen, and I couldn't even stand it. The salt in it was just so intense. I felt myself having a heart attack almost. Yeah. <laughs> Putting it on my tongue, it was just so intense. The the wrong type of salt is just so um, different, and you really, really, really notice it when you get the salt out of your diet and you get the um, you know all the additives and preserves out of your diet. You'll notice just just the different level of it and and how good it is for you when you get the right type of salt in your diet. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you just yeah. made me. I just want to go out there and get the packet and. I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna do a photo. It's Himalayan rock salt. We've talked about yeah. that in a couple of episodes. But it's Himalayan rock salt's your best best source of it to get into your diet. Or if you can't get a hold of that um, rock salt, but make sure it's unbleached. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a dirty looking colour. Yeah. Like it. That's like right. It's rock. I wanted to do the the comparison. This is your white salt. Looks like my table right here. And this is the yeah dirty dirty looks like something that you pick up off the beach really <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the cool thing like the salt's coming off the rocks and that's giving you all the minerals that you need yep. and yeah it's making it really good going back to the old um fat issue i just want i were you're talking about that if i don't get a fat in my diet i am give me carbs give me yep. carbs give me carbs and i'll overeat on them and i'll just be like i'll eat up a whole lot of roast vegetables and all that. <laughs> Should have done that. Yep. and it's all just because i was missing that fat in the diet and it's like cravings are something that um it's a it's a signal from your body and so when you are getting cravings just look instead of thinking um instead of giving into that craving think of it as a sign that you might be actually missing something because the craving is a sign that your blood sugar has been spiked up and crashed back down so your body it's like an addiction your body's going give me more of that to give me that high again yeah and so your fats are something that really stabilise your blood sugar level and keep you fuller for longer and they control your hormones and your emotions and all those kind of things. So next time you're craving something, just think, did my dinner plate look the way it should have looked? And yeah. Did I miss something out? Yeah, what was the missing ingredient that, for me, that didn't, that meant, that spent, sent me on that whirlwind of craziness? It seems to be, I yeah, and it's it's way more common for females. So I think, like, I just don't, I just don't see Ben doing that that often, having his emotional cravings or anything like that. But he does. But it's much more common for a female because we're sort of we're always constantly thinking about the food and the and the things like that. Like some guys are, but um, I do. It's far more common for your females just to have those bigger cravings and things like that. Yeah, and I wonder if it's. Um... The, maybe the two men that we're surrounded by are slightly um, not different but definitely um, quite attuned but also quite big protein um, yeah, and so a lot of men will you know if you I just think of like a, a big 
piece of steak versus a salad, <laughs> you know, like I always have a salad in the water and that, that's a gross generalisation, but the guy would always go generally go for the, the steak. And so I yeah. think that's that whole difference between what you think you should have and what you probably should have. Yeah, it's that whole thing where females are overthinking the, they're thinking calories yeah. and females are all about calories and I, I'm really looking forward to the day where we go into that a little bit deeper but if you get into counting calories it's probably the worst thing that you can do and you start restricting your, your nutrients and things like that so it's um, calorie counting is dead yeah yeah because <laughs> it goes away from that whole thing we spoke right back at the beginning is actually starting to become attuned to what is going on in your own body and so by doing it by like colour by numbers you don't see good artists colour by numbers because it goes against the whole innate of what makes you who you are yeah. and what you should be so by listening to your body and starting to obviously take out things that weren't the best source of nutrients for you and starting to replace them with better things you start to understand how you actually feel whereas if you're looking at it out of a book and what it's well, here's my 78 calorie carrot. I um, mean, not carrot, apple. <laughs> you know, and then carrots have got 78 calories in them. Um, and we're about 45. <laughs> and, um, and I particularly like the iPhone apps because I'm like, oh, awesome. So then everywhere you go, you can look at the calories. That's just what we want people to do. Um, yeah. But so it's, yeah, just you need to listen to, to your body and start to look at your plate, look at the, where that food's coming from and get the balance between yeah. what it is that you're putting it, how you're feeling and what is it producing the right things afterwards or is it not making you feel fabulous, in which case then you just need to keep tweaking until you feel that fabulousness, not relying on yeah. colour by numbers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, I think that's a good place for us to end, otherwise we'll go off on a tangent into all sorts of yeah, things. Yeah, I was thinking that we started off with the food pyramid, but I think that we, um, got, we got rid of that pretty quickly because it's so flawed. <laughs> I feel bad for the um, Egyptians that created the pyramid, which was actually an amazing feat that somebody named something that was really lacking in terms of what it could give an individual. Yeah. So it's, yeah. They, they really took a, a fabulous invention in the pyramid and turned it into something terrible with the food pyramid. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. So any final parting words for our listeners about the food pyramid oh, I, then, apart from what you just said? Apart from that, yeah, it's, you know, your foundation has to come back to the, the hydration and the movement and then the quality of everything that you put in your body and listening to your body as we just talked about and if you're following it's the same you know six to eleven servings of this and four to five of this and then you're not listening to your body you're listening to somebody else's dictation of what is perceived as being the ideal and exactly coming back to what is the history of the food pyramid and right back from its beginnings it was was flawed in terms of what was the purpose. And, you know, I love that referral back to the Industrial Revolution when processed foods hit the market. So, yeah, it's quite interesting how the two went hand in hand. 
Yeah, no, it's um, all a bit scary, really. And then, and then if you just look at the health of us 40, 50, 60 years later, it's just a bit dodgy. Touch. <laughs> but we won't, we won't get into politics. No. <laughs> That's not our show. <laughs> Righto. Hey, thanks for listening. Um, make sure you get in touch with us. You can um, find us on Facebook. You can go and via the website, foreverfit.tv. Ask us questions because pretty soon we're going to do a listeners' questions, loving kind of thing. So make sure you ask us questions and we'll bring you all the answers or we will find the guests that can bring you the answers if we don't have them. So make sure you get in touch. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Muzz. Thank it's good you. to have you back. Great to be back. Awesome. We'll see you guys next week.